0: Hey guys, so we're going to start off this week with kind of a bummer announcement. We are really, really struggling with some time issues lately. So we are going to go from releasing every week to releasing every other week. We are so sorry. It's not something we're happy about. It's just we don't have time between our jobs that we actually get paid for and our real life personal responsibilities. We don't want to stop a podcast because we do love it. But this seems to be the best way for us to save a little time. We appreciate you guys so much for listening every week, and we hope you continue to listen every other week. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the episode. Hi. Hi, my little armless wonder. How are you? But I have the arms. I (laughs) have them. It just
1: doesn't work, right? It just doesn't work. It's okay, though.
0: She sent me messages this week. How can I fix my hair with one arm? (laughs) Give me one-armed hairstyles. (laughs) it's so hard like I can
1: finally at least I can wash my hair now uh-huh and like Ryan bless his heart he washes it every time I asked him to but it's just he does a really good job but I need the conditioned and mm-hmm. I need to make sure like my scalp is scrubbed because I get dandruff in the winter like really bad uh-huh. and like all of that and he doesn't do that well but he was so good he tried so hard that's good it was, it was pretty adorable and he's gotten really good at putting my hair in a ponytail i'm extremely impressed and he does an excellent messy bun
0: that is the easiest hairstyle in the world to do though
1: not for me you know like when you're trying to like make the cute messy bun it never works out mine does oh mine does not but i think it's because i
0: have so much hair and it's just everywhere it's all it's just everywhere all the time (laughs) that's fair that's that's I think fair. my i think my hair gets excited when i put it in a messy bun it's like yes. <laughs> we're so tired
1: i don't have to be shiny and soft and curly and beautiful today and
0: fluffy and frizzy and
1: i can just take a nap anyways your poor robo arm <laughs> like (laughs) it's so stressful it really is i try not to complain but it seriously it just sucks (laughs) like i know people have it like worse off than me but it doesn't mean it doesn't suck
0: it doesn't anyways speaking of people that have it worse than you
1: (laughs) yeah sorry i'm so sorry oh man i'm so sorry take it all back and take it all back i'm fine
0: no complaints (laughs) Just not in the whole world. Everything is perfect. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's get into it. Hey, guys. I'm Kelly. And I'm Ashley. And welcome to A Day With Murder. All right, you guys. So once again, it is February, Black History Month, although Black History should be every month, because it's just American history. I say it again. I'll say it every year. So this year, like we promised last year, last year we did the Black Lives Matter with the the police brutality against, Mm -hmm. especially, particularly men of color. This year, just like we said we would, we're focusing on a different facet of racism in the American justice system, and this time we're doing wrongful convictions against people of color. Hooray. Hooray. And we're going to start off with some stats, and I want everybody... To keep in mind that these stats are ridiculously inaccurate because for one thing, one of the main crimes, my brain is just dead today. One of the main crimes that black people are in general or people of color are really convicted of are like drug crimes. Yes. All the time. That happens all the time. And quite often they are not exonerated if they're falsely convicted of those because it's just kind of too much work to go against it for something that doesn't result in any jail time or not a lot of jail time. So there are a lot of people who are falsely convicted that have not been exonerated. So let's keep that in mind.
1: And, you know, I never thought about that either. What? That it's just it's just too much to have it exonerated so it just stays on their record. It
0: just stays on their record, especially in, and 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 that's not even adding into facts of cases where they accept plea bargains that don't result in jail time even though they're not guilty because it's just once again you don't want to go against the justice system because it's unjust. Yeah. And then and then they've got these felonies on the records and then guess what? In a lot of states they can't vote anymore. Yep. And so that's how this system keeps going with the way that it's doing right now. I'm reading a really excellent book right now called um, The Legalized Genocide of Colored People Open Season by Ben Crump. You should read it. It's really, really good. It kind of lays out how it's all connected and how the racism all works together in each like different facet of the American government. It's really, really excellent. You should read it. Okay, so here are the stats. Once again, like we said, They're off, but this is what we have so far. So, black people are seven times more likely than white people to be falsely convicted of serious crimes.
1: And they considered serious crimes murder, rape, and assault. Okay. Black people convicted of murder are almost 50% more likely to be innocent than other people convicted of murder.
0: (sighs) It's just... We laugh because it's just ridiculous. It is ridiculous. So the exonerations of innocent black people convicted of murder were almost 50% more likely to include misconduct by police officers than the exonerations of white people convicted of murder.
1: What a surprise. (laughs) Innocent black people are almost eight times more likely than innocent white people to be falsely convicted of rape. Like, why, though? Like, I just don't get it.
0: For one thing... And this doesn't happen, it really has, this one, the rape has gone, the rape convictions have gone down a lot in recent years because of DNA. Yes. But it did used to be a lot of false identifications. That's what it used to be a lot of. So this is the one that really hit me. 55% over half of people exonerated from murder are black. Mm-hmm. But racism isn't a thing. Nope. Mm-mm. We just, no, I'll no. just need to get over it. It's a thing of the past.
1: It's made up, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. all right so now we're going to go into some cases of men of color who were falsely convicted
1: hooray okay so the first one we're going to talk about is calvin johnson and so on march 9th 1983 in college park georgia a woman was robbed of 30 dollars raped and sodomized in her home two nights before another woman in the same area was intact was attacked in the same way so there was two survivors
0: and the reason that they were not naming them is because they weren't named because they were victims of sexual assault and their names and don't they have to be released. Be. Yes, if they don't want it to be, they absolutely shouldn't be. But we're not, I don't want y'all to think that we're ignoring the victims here. Their names just weren't released.
1: One of the survivors picked Calvin in a lineup, but not in a photo array. And the other survivor picked Calvin out of a photo array, but not out of the lineup. So- there's that mm-hmm. the prosecution centered its case around the two survivors picking out Calvin and also by another woman in the area who had a similar encounter with a similar looking intruder during the same time period. So it's like three of them and they're all blaming him.
0: Mm-hmm. Even though the identifications are different.
1: Correct. Alongside these partial eyewitness identifications, the primary evidence presented at trial was a serology sample collected from one of the victims. The serology sample contained a mix of the victim and the perpetrator's dna at calvin johnson's trial a lab analyst testified that 36 percent of the male population could be excluded as a source of the semen in the serology sample this was inaccurate
0: so once again here we go with the misidentifications and then the misconduct yes so
1: there was a jacket and a sweater found in calvin's home that was consistent with descriptions of the attacker but I don't remember why i didn't write it down but it ended up being just like a generic like uh-huh. blue saw jacket or something like something Comment. everybody has uh calvin was convicted of one of the rapes by an all-white jury on november 7th 1983 he was sentenced to life in prison he was acquitted of a second rape several months later although evidence of his first conviction was presented at the second trial i thought they couldn't do that
0: if he's been convicted of it yes
1: oh okay
0: if he had been like you can't talk about the second rape at the first trial if he hasn't been convicted of the crime yet.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Calvin requested a new trial, but that was denied on September 10th, 1984. His conviction was affirmed in 1989. On April 26th, 1994, Calvin made an extraordinary motion for a new trial in order to obtain the rape kit so DNA testing could be done. His case at the time had been taken on by the Innocence Project. So this is 10 years later. So DNA testing and stuff had become more advanced. Mm -hmm. Forensic Science Associates conducted PCR-based DNA testing on the rape kit and issued a report that concluded that Calvin was not the source of the sperm. And he was convicted in 1983. So this is 10 years or 11 years.
0: This is 16 years. This happened in 99.
1: No, the testing... Oh, oh, okay. Okay, you're right. I'm sorry. I saw the 1994. That was the last thing I saw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 16 years, 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. So after meeting with prosecutors and defense attorney on June 5th, 1999, a judge ordered a new trial for Calvin, the DA decided to drop the charges against Calvin after looking at the DNA test results. And Calvin had been had already served 16 years they're like no we're not gonna try this again it's fine. which is
0: of course what they should do absolutely they should have dropped the charges but the, like, he obviously he shouldn't have been convicted so
1: right after being released Johnson said quote I mean you come out and it's a big world sometimes you just want to look you catch yourself just looking at everything just watching people actions how to dress just to see what's going on around you and that is so awful doesn't
0: that hit you just in the gut so much changes years. yeah he went in in 1983 he got out in 1999 <laughs> that's just can you the world was so different
1: yeah no kidding technology i mean everything
0: and he came out and everybody was like "Why 2 k the world's gonna end in 2000 like, yeah like, no what? kidding <laughs> <laughs> i don't <No>. wanna <laughs> you know it's just oh my gosh
1: Um, he was awarded $500,000 in state compensation.
0: Not even half of what he should have gotten.
1: No. 16 years. Yeah. And you get half a million dollars. Is that money taxed? Do you know?
0: I don't know. And they're also not required to give, if they falsely convict you, they're not required to give you anything. You have to take it to a court and like win a case.
1: That's insane.
0: Isn't that ridiculous? I mean, and I can understand it if they can look at the evidence and say, I can see why you were convicted. But in his case... The yeah. lied on the stand. The evidence was not yeah. it was a good evidence. Five hundred thousand um, dollars. Ridiculous.
1: He wrote a book called Exit to Freedom and he did a lot of work with the GA Innocence Pro with the Georgia Innocence Project, sorry. I'm like, what is G A?
0: What does that say for? A great uh, Athletes?
1: <laughs> a great Athletes Innocence Project? What? Um he did die in January of twenty twenty three, so just last month. Twenty
0: four years ago. I mean twenty four years. He got he got out he's out for twenty four years. Yep. In for sixteen, it's just I hate I hate uh yeah, and it's the all white jury thing that really sure, makes me mad.
1: Yes,
0: how can it be a jury of your peers like, if no one? I, I on was the gonna c- say it's a peer. If and if no one is like if nobody on the jury has your experience, that'd be like us being co- accused of a crime and being convicted by an all male jury. Sure. That shouldn't be allowed. It shouldn't be allowed. And once again, that's one of those things where if you're convicted of a felony and they, you decided not to fight it because it just costs too much money and you don't have the time and you just got to get back to work, you can't serve on a jury because you're convicted of a felony.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just, it's so far reaching when this stuff happens. It just, it, okay. Anyways, all right. So our next case is Kevin Bailey and Corey Batchelor. At 19 years old, Kevin and Corey were brought in for questioning for the murder of Lula Mae Woods. On June 1st, 1989, Corey was interrogated for more than 24 hours. He was choked. He was kicked. He was slammed against the wall by detectives until he confessed. That is not a confession, ladies Mm -mm. and gentlemen, just so everyone's aware. Mm -mm. That's not a confession. Mm -mm. That's a please stop beating me up. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Kevin was questioned for more than 12 hours and confessed only after a detective grabbed him by the neck and threatened him. The two confessions were extremely inconsistent with each other and with the facts of the crime. It baffles me that some people you talk to think that false confessions are not a thing. They think if somebody's confessed to the crime, they did it.
1: Yeah, I was I was watching, I watched a lot of uh, like 2020 uh-huh. stuff while I was out. And uh, in one of the shows, one of the prosecutors or whatever, she was like, it is still crazy that people don't realize that false confessions happen
0: they happen all the time
1: all the time and yes i mean i can i can definitely see that where we're just like all right man like our right, here like what do you want me to say
0: exactly they're 19 years old they're locked in the yeah police building with a bunch of white police officers probably i guess we don't know that they're all white but probably at the time in the 80s and they're, and they're being like i abused. just want to go home
1: like right tell me tell me what to do to get me out of here
0: oh these poor kids Lula May was found by a neighbor murdered in her garage. She had been stabbed to death, and her purse was missing. There was a Domino's pizza cap found under Lula May, and she was a retired Chicago police sergeant's wife. So they had, of course, that added thing where they were like the brother in arms. His wife was murdered, which I, you know, yeah, solved the right. murder. That's yeah. great. You should be solving the murder, but we don't abuse yeah. teenage kids to get a confession when they <laughs> didn't do it.
1: Right, and the, and the whole thing is like this whole time, there's still somebody out there.
0: Yes, this <laughs> is not solving a crime at this all is Not serving justice. This is not helping anybody. This is trying to get a hatch mark in a scorebook showing that you got a conviction.
1: This is not serving justice. This is not protecting the community. This is nothing.
0: Nope. So police canvassed the neighborhood where Lilla May lived and Corey was quote one of a number of neighborhood teenagers rounded up by police and subjected to questioning. Corey told police that he had been with Kevin that day, which Kevin confirmed. Kevin and Corey always maintained their innocence. They were tried separately and convicted based solely on their confessions. That were forced. Yes, they were forced and (laughs) false and inconsistent and didn't match the facts of the crime. But people were like, hey, you know what? They confess, whatever. Yeah, I want to go home. Corey was sentenced to 30 years and was released in 2004 on probation after serving 15 years. Kevin was sentenced to 80 years and remained in prison until they were exonerated. On January 30th, 2018, he served almost 29 years in prison. So... Kevin was represented by the Innocence Project, and Corey was represented by our friend, Steve Drizen, from the Center on Wrongful Convictions of Youth, and Allie Flown from the Bloom Legal Clinic. So Steve Driven, Drizen was in the um, last case we talked about with the wrongful convictions. Remember the boy whose uh, mama was murdered?
1: Mm-hmm. The one that was, uh, like, semi-deaf?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. He worked with him, and he, then he also worked with um, Britton Dassey. Oh. So, so he does a lot of these young boys who are f- falsely convicted. Of course, by the time they got in touch with them, they were grown men. (sighs) Poor kids. Right? (sighs) Oh, it's so awful.
1: And I feel like between like 19 and probably honestly 30, that's when you're doing your most getting settled, getting into your own, getting, figuring out what you're doing. You know what I mean? That's the most like, between like 20 and 30 is like the biggest, most important part of your life, in my opinion.
0: And I really feel like that's true, especially for young men, because women, I mean, we mature faster. So I think it's a little bit younger sure. for us. Like I, it might be a little bit younger and that, you know, that's, you know, it's not necessarily true. And it's all but in biolo- the person
1: and blah, yes, blah, blah,
0: But biologically speaking, men mature later. So for them to spend those years where they're hitting their real time to be men and they're locked behind bars for a crime they didn't commit. Mm-hmm. If you don't feel, I just, it makes me feel like the walls are closing in on me. For you to be locked up for all those years, knowing you didn't do anything wrong, and nobody will listen to you. Yeah. It makes me want to sob. (sighs) It is so devastating to think about. Oh, my gosh. (sighs) Both Kevin and Corey were excluded as the source of an eyebrow hair recovered from the hat. So the Domino's hat that was found near Lula Mae and a hair found in a bloody towel left at the crime scene. And there was a strong suggestion that those hairs belonged to the same male. So whoever the killer is left two hairs at the scene of the crime, and neither one of them belonged to Kevin or Corey. Mm -hmm. Additional forensic testing of other items likewise excluded Kevin and Corey. Even so, even knowing this, a post-conviction judge denied relief holding that the new DNA and fingerprint results were either cumulative of previous results or not sufficiently material to change the outcome of the trial. What did you know? And this should make everyone want to rise up in the words of Hamilton, rise up. You can have a video. You could be in jail for a crime and have a video of someone else committing the crime. And if you've been convicted, they do not have to let you out of jail. What? You, if you didn't commit the crime, if you've been convicted for a crime, they don't have to let you out. You've what been do you mean convicted. You don't
1: have to let me out.
0: It means you're guilty. You are guilty in the Stop eyes of the court, it. whether you did it or not. If you're convicted, they do not have to let you out of jail. And that should make every single person who hears this furious.
1: Is that a federal thing?
0: That is just, if you're guilty, you're guilty.
1: Oh my god. That's why
0: there's so many That's why they have to go through prosecutors and courts and judges can be like, no, we don't want to. And the appeals courts can be like, no. And sorry, if you're guilty, do you know, it is so hard to undo these things once you are convicted of a crime because you are (sighs) guilty in the eyes of the law. What the? Yeah. Yeah. So the reason, so it wasn't in this. Sorry, I feel my heart. I'm getting mad. The reason he was released wasn't because of the evidence of. The the reason these kids were released, I'm sorry, they were adults when they were released, but they were convicted when they were 19, so I keep calling them kids, I'm sorry. The reason these men were released was not because of the evidence that said they didn't do it. It was because in March of 2014, Corey's legal team filed a claim before the Illinois Torture and Relief Inquiry Commission. Oh, what now? Which was created in 2009 by the Illinois legislature to investigate claims of torture by former Chicago police commander John Burge. And officers under his supervision. And the same thing happened with Bailey. A special prosecutor who was tasked with handling Burge-related torture claims undertook an extensive reinvestigation of the case and ultimately agreed to join a motion to vacate the convictions. On January 30th, 2018, four years... After they opened this, the convictions were dismissed. And that's when Kevin was released from prison. So they were not let out because they had evidence of their innocence. They were let out because there were so many people coming forward and saying that this guy had tortured people to get confessions. And, and to make it even matter, Lula Mae's murderer is still unknown. Her her murder is still unsolved. Because nobody cared. Because Because they, they... Looked at the evidence. I mean, they looked. They looked at these two innocent black teenage boys and said, "We're going to arrest you for it." We don't really care who killed Lula May. Yeah, my face is so hot right now. I am so mad. Yeah. So let's let's have a little conversation about Chicago Police Commander John Birch.
1: She's yelling, y'all. She's I'm yelling. sorry. I
0: am so mad. <laughs> uh, you, you good? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm so mad. Yes. Go ahead.
1: Over 120 Black men and women were subjected to torture that was racially motivated and including electric shock, mock executions, suffocation, and beatings by John Burge and his subordinates. Although Burge was terminated from the CPD in 1993 and convicted for perjury and obstruction of justice stemming from the torture cases in a federal court in 2012. Countless people are still trapped in prison as a result of confessions based in some way on physically coerced confessions.
0: There have been just in Cook County. So they have these things now and they've had them for a while, but they've just really started actually kind of doing work called conviction integrity units that are supposed to look at convictions and see if they've been just or whatever. So just... Since 2014, 2014, in his county where he worked, there has been 17 black people who were exonerated for murder charges, only murder. That doesn't involve sexual assault. That doesn't involve any other kind of assault, robbery, just, just murder. And that's not even the biggest county. In Philadelphia, there's been 23 black men. I mean, black people released on murder charges because they've been exonerated. I'm sorry I'm that's, so mad. you said this was 2014 since 2014 and this was a study done in like I think so 2022
1: so that they're letting out I'm not gonna I didn't mean to say letting out they're um exonerating exonerating two people a year every six months they're like oh wait this guy didn't do it you and know it, what I mean like that's yes. what it breaks out that's what it breaks down to Is what and I'm it saying. moves
0: so slowly <laughs>
1: Every six months it in Cook so... County, they're like, this guy did not commit this murder. We need to let him out. Every six months in just one county.
0: That's one county. And that's just murder. That's just murder. Mm-hmm. That's that's insane. Which then then means, hey, there's 17 unsolved murders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. And how many have we heard about? Yeah. <sighs> Because, you know, their 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 faces and their names were plastered all over the newspapers yeah. when this happened.
1: Yeah. But now when they get freed.
0: Uh, all right. A
1: 1990 article in the Chicago Reader by John Conroy broke open the story. It was called The House of Screams, and it was about Andrew Wilson and his brother, Jackie, who were accused and later convicted of killing two police officers. There were stories of burns, electric shock. The shock delivered had two different vices his genitals, his ears, his nose, and his fingers while being interrogated. The allegations came out shortly after Burge was taken to civil court in 1989 by the People's Law Office, which is is a Chicago-based civil rights practice. The fact that you have to have a civil rights practice.
0: Well, that, I understand that because a lot of racism is can be an unconscious bias. So I think it's good that they, I mean, I wish it wasn't a thing at all, but it's good that they have that to look at it. This okay. is not unconscious bias. <laughs> this is just flat out sociopath. Racism. Yeah. Using the police badge to be a like a, like a serial killer, but without the killing. <gasps> yeah.
1: Yeah. This is, like
0: this is disturbing. This is stuff you hear about when when people talk about it on other like true crime podcasts, I skip over it because it's too much for me and this is a police officer doing it I never
1: even like thought about it that way yeah he was Burge was suspended from the police force in 1991 but still collected his pension though
0: that infuriates me and this next one really infuriates me too
1: so the statue of limitations had run out to be able to charge him with torture and that's why he was only able to be charged with perjury and obstruction of justice. Uh, he was convicted in 2012 and he was eventually released early for good behavior, for good behavior.
0: How can it not be that there's a, st- how can there be statute limitations on torture? First of all, second of all, how can they not convict him of like false imprisonment and like kidnapping? Kidnapping. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. <sighs> mm. There have been over $100 million in brutality settlements and $5.5 million won by activists for a reparations fund for his victims and their families. Corey and Kevin were recently awarded $14 million to split between them. So, I mean, still not enough.
0: (laughs) No, it's not. No, it is not. But Chicago is like a broke, it's broke. You know, it's it's not a city that has a lot of money. So now here yeah, are no the wonder. taxpayers. I know here are the taxpayers but having to pay like 120 million dollars just in settlements. Mm-hmm. Plus they've had to pay to put these people in prison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Plus he was awarded his pension until he died. Yeah, yeah. Until he died in 2018, he was awarded his pension. I did the math. Is that, that, what that four, is at the bottom. Yes, he did a. Okay. He had a four thousand dollar a month pension. They paid him over $1.2 million for torturing people, for torturing people and locking them up. So let's do a little timeline here because it is a little confusing. Like, when did people find out? When did they act on it? Things like that. So on October 11th in 1991, an Office of Professional Standards or an OPS reports found, quote, systemic and methodical abuse and planned torture at Area 2, which was Burgess Precinct. On November 8th, 1991, police superintendent Martin suspends and recommended firing Burge after viewing the OPS report. His recommendation was forwarded to the Chicago Police Board. So that's less than a month. Less okay, yes, I'm okay with that timeline. That's an okay timeline. Sure. It's a little slow if you find out they're torturing people, but I understand that, you know, things like that take time. You got to investigate. Give your people a little bit of a benefit of a doubt. And it was the 90s. Everything was slow in the 90s, unless you're on, you know, like cocaine or something. Okay, anyways, okay. So, in February of 1992, the People's Law office successfully sued for the re- for the release of the OPS report that found systemic abuse of suspects at Area 2, which they should have had to sue for. It should have been released. Right. Yeah. I mean, the logical part of my brain kind of gets it cuz there would have been, you know, a lot of protests, a lot of writing, a lot of people But up if in something arms.
1: if something is like really coming into question, it should you should have access to it.
0: You should especially when it's a public service thing like the police are paid through the tax dollars sure yeah like a political thing like it's kind of a political like it's a that's that's our money yeah yeah I think that people should know about it I do kind of get why they didn't but people should know especially because then you need to be hiring lawyers to look into okay they investigated my you know my son's case I need to hire a lawyer so they can look into this case and make sure it was Nothing shady happened. Sure. So in February, February 10th of the same, same year, 1992, the Chicago Police Board called Burge to testify. Burge denied all allegations of abuse. What a surprise. So January 13th, 1993, so uh, almost a year later, lawyers bring a civil rights lawsuit against Burge. The lawyers push, push for a previously confidential internal police reports that show patterns of Burge's torture. So clearly the police already knew what's going on because they had internal affairs. Patterns. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: They already knew.
0: More than a year and a half after the OPS report came out back in October of 91, the Chicago police board finally fired Birch. This is when the timeline pisses me off to no end. Mm -hmm. Six years later, January of 1999, six years after he was fired... Seven years after he was originally, there was a report written about him. Federal Judge Milton Shadur is the first to acknowledge that Burge and those under his command beat and tortured defendants during interrogations. Judge Milton said, quote, it is now common knowledge that in the early to mid-1980s, Chicago police commander John Burge and many officers working under him regularly engaged in the physical abuse and torture of prisoners to extract confessions.
1: It's like he had like a little army and like little minions and he just like watched them like do this. It's like, what?
0: And then they went on to do it on their own because if that's how you're trained, that's what you're going to do. Sure, yeah. So then it becomes a systemic (sighs) part of that police department. So then three years after that, a Cook County judge appointed a special prosecutor to investigate allegations of torture under John Burge. This is more than 10 years after the original report came out. 10 years that these people who were tortured into confessing for crimes were sitting behind bars for crimes they did not commit. 10 years. That is unacceptable. Gee, I wonder how the statute of limitations ran out. Right? Because y'all waited 10 years to do yeah. anything. Yeah. Again, another giant time jump here. September 20th, 2007. 2007. So five years after the judge appointed a special prosecutor, in the wake of the city council hearings about police torture, several city aldermen delivered a letter to U.S. Attorney Patrick Fitzgerald asking the prosecutor to charge Burge with perjury. It's just like, I know we can't get him for the, they were just like, you know what? I, we can't get him for the torture anymore. Y'all waited too long. Would get him for something. Can y'all get him for something? So then September 26th, so just like less than a week after he got that letter, U.S. Pat- US Attorney Patrick Fitzgerald announced a federal investigation to reports of to police torture. If only they'd reached out to him decades ago.
1: Yeah, no kidding.
0: It took him a week to be like, yeah, we're, yeah, let's, yeah, we I, got I, got, I got you.
1: <laughs> Let me help you.
0: So then October 21st, 2008, Burge is charged with perjury and obstruction of justice by federal prosecutor. He pled not guilty. Of course. <laughs> May 6th, 2010, his trial began. <laughs> June 28th, 2010, he was convicted of three counts of obstruction of justice. Three counts of obstruction of justice and perjury. January 21st, 2011, Burge is sentenced by a federal judge to 4.5 years in federal prison. hmm And, and <clears> in 2014, <throat> the Illinois Supreme Court ruled that John Burge can keep his $4,000 a month pension.
1: That he'd already been getting.
0: And... October 3rd, 2014, Burge was released from prison for good behavior. And on September 19th, 2018, Burge died. Prostate cancer. It's not (sighs) enough. It's it's never enough. There There was was no justice. He he is one of the worst criminals we've talked about. I was
1: just getting ready to be like, he is literally one of the worst criminals. He literally is.
0: He tortured probably hundreds of people and then got them locked away.
1: Just because he could
0: because he wanted to be thought of as a good officer who was getting a lot of convictions. And it's just, it's, it's just, I just, I can't, I can't, I don't support that. That's not okay. And the thing is, like, there's been 17 people, like I said, exonerated from murder in that area, thanks to him. That's not even the highest. Philadelphia's had 23 since 2014. Brooklyn's had 19. Detroit's had 19. Baltimore's had 13. And Boston has seven. Queens has had six. Bronx has had four. Like, there's pockets of really crappy Cops, yeah, who are so concerned with getting somebody behind bars and not serving justice. So, when you do all that math of those people who are exonerated for, and those, once again, those are just murder. That is just like about a hundred murders that are unsolved. Yeah, yeah. Every single person who hears that should be furious.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and that all like trickles down. If, if somebody is murdered, the person's ever caught, they can keep going. You know what I mean? Like it's causing, it's like a, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yes. Yes. The victims don't have justice. The murderers still going free. Then you've got these people whose faces were probably plastered all over the news when they were arrested and convicted. And then they get out and people maybe don't pay attention or maybe don't believe the exoneration. Their lives are ruined.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: This is why I'm so anti the death penalty.
1: I had a conversation about how is the death penalty legal and abortion is not.
0: You can't be pro-death penalty and pro-life. Like you you just just can't.
1: The death penalty, there's still somebody playing God. Well, and uh, that's what I'm saying. Like you can't have that and you can't, as a government, you cannot come to me and say, it's okay that we kill these people.
0: But you're not allowed to.
1: But you can't do that.
0: Well, and according to that, that's report, what I'm saying. Like, y- yes, yeah. it's,
1: it's so contradictory.
0: And according to that report that we have, and it is linked in the show notes, about 4% of people convicted for murder or convicted and sentenced to death are actually innocent.
1: Well, and that brought up a point, too. And he was saying, you know, like people look at abortion as the loss of an innocent life. And I'm like, bruh, what about all the people on death row that were innocent?
0: Well, this is what Stop I mean. Stop it. As of January 2022, there were 2,436 people currently in the United States on death row. Based on that math, there's about 100 people in there right now who are innocent. That are
1: innocent. And yeah. being
0: told every day, today's the day you could die for yeah. a crime you did. It makes me feel like I can't breathe because yeah. the, just the helpless and hopeless feeling that you must have just thinking they're going to kill me and I didn't do it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you guys, write a letter or, or something. I don't know. Donate to your innocence project. I, it's just, it, there's, it's just, I, this, I can't. Oh my God.
1: Hi, give me a happy ending.
0: Oh, holy crap. This one was a lot. Okay. Woo. Hi all right so this episode's coming out on february 28th so our birthdays today are for february 20 i know that one was a lot that one was a lot there was no 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 comedy in that one guys a lot of rage though okay february 28th birthdays in 1944 kelly bishop was born do you know who that is Mm -mm. she basically plays every fancy old lady now (laughs) but she was also the grandma in um gilmore girls (laughs) oh okay yeah but literally, if you've seen a fancy old lady in Every a movie or TV show, fancy old lady.
1: Okay, yeah. Yeah, I she can does. see that. Sure. <laughs> and
0: then in 1948, Bernadette Peters was born. You don't know. Why are we friends? Look her up. You'll recognize her when you see her. Oh, okay. Yeah. Literally Broadway royalty, but okay. Then in 1969, Patrick Monaghan was born, and he's the lead singer of Train. Oh, okay. Now that she's back in the act. After- Spears. Oh no, Traps.
1: please, I'm please. You don't need to sing. It's all right, though. Thank
0: you. How dare you steal my joy? <laughs> then we have one more. In 1976, <laughs> Allie Larder was born. Again, look her up. She plays the basic white, blonde-headed, hot chick. I know her from um, Resident Evil. She was in Resident Evil and she was in Heroes.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What? She she was, um... What's, what's the one with the truck and the, it's got the trees and it breaks and everybody they see the visions they're all gonna die final destination
0: so <sighs> with the truck and the trees <laughs> <laughs> why did i not know what movie you were describing
1: <laughs> i'm so sorry how did you not know it's final destination come on she was uh, what was her name river i have no name? idea i know her
0: from heroes and uh, resident evil that's what i know her from okay anyways okay, okay so our events today so in 1933 the first female was appointed to the United States cabinet. It was Francis, yes. Francis Perkins. She was appointed the secretary of labor by FDR and a little trivia just for you. I got this one just for you. The main character in a movie, her name was Francis Houseman. was named after her. What movie was it? Her nickname was baby. Dirty
1: dancing. Yes.
0: <laughs> they named the character in the movie after this lady, Francis Perkins.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Because she's sang in the back of the car as they're driving to the thing, as they're driving to the house. Have you ever seen that movie?
0: It's trash yeah i've seen it one time i hate it
1: i mean it is looking at it now it's trash but it's it's
0: most of those movies are absolute garbage pretty in pink oh my gosh oh my gosh yeah that movie should come with a trigger unfortunately (laughs) they're gonna
1: be comfort movies forever
0: i mean not for me
1: they all should but it's fine
0: anyways okay so then In 1953, Francis Crick and James Watson discovered the chemical structure of the DNA molecule, so the double helix. They used studies of the X-ray diffraction that was developed by Rosalind Franklin and Maurice Wilkins. However, James Watson is absolute Stephen Hart garbage. And they used Rosalind Franklin's picture without her permission.
1: Why is Watson garbage?
0: Oh, he's trash. He went on to do something somewhere, I don't really remember where, but they eventually were like, oh, like... you got to go because you're saying so much racist stuff. And this was like in the 2000s. Oh, wow. They were like, he was like, you got to go because you're being too racist. But you can still like, you're still going to be like a preferred emeritus. And and you're still like, we still respect you and everything. And then they made a documentary about him in like 2018. And he was like even more racist and made like a lot of sexist comments and a lot of anti-LGBTQ comments. And so they were like, okay, well, we're not your friends anymore.
1: Okay, I'm so sorry.
0: Yeah, so he was he's, trash. He's still alive. Yeah, he's trash. He was born uh, in
1: 1928. Well, you know, because you were talking about in the in the 2000s, and I'm like, I thought he was. I thought this was like. 1700, I mean, not 17, like 1850s.
0: No, and the other two people, uh, Rosalind and Maurice, didn't really get the credit they deserved. It was all right. cricket, Watson, They never drink. do. But, they never do. You know, they never do. But Francis Crickton, I think, seems to be a pretty decent guy, but James Watson was trash. Okay. Ooh. And then this one, I think you'll like this one. And then in 1967, a West German court ruled that the imposter, Anna Anderson, failed to prove that she was the missing... Anastasia. Ru- yes!
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> it ended a
0: legal case that lasted almost 30 years.
1: <laughs> sorry, I've watched so many documentaries about that.
0: <laughs> of course you have. But that was today in 1967. February 28.
1: I'm like, please be Anastasia. Please be a princess.
0: <laughs> she wasn't. Aww. I'm so sorry. Aww, but she sad. was not. Anyway, so that was our events for today. So, who caught your eye this week?
1: So... I went and had my staples taken out Mm -hmm. last week Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm.
1: and before this time that has been one of the most painful things i've ever been through in my life and so i went in and i'm not gonna say her name but she came in and i was already in a bad mood because i know you're fixing to like (laughs) hurt me like i don't i don't like you immediately i don't like you and i was like look i was like can you just do me a favor and she's like okay (laughs) and (laughs) i'm like can you just like when you start doing it just don't stop i like cry you know whatever like it's fine just do it and get it over with and she's like i got you boo and i'm like okay word (laughs) and so this other girl that she's training comes in and so it's like the two of them just the two of them together one was hilarious and comedy makes me feel better immediately Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and you can tell that they enjoyed working with each other which made me really happy because i have such a strong work family Uh and they were just hilarious and they were talking to me the whole time and making me laugh that was the easiest least painful time i've had staples removed
0: how wonderful
1: i know and it was 10 10 recommend
0: guys she's had staples removed from her arm like five or six times (laughs) it's happened a lot
1: for real because
0: when you say that they're like she's had it done what maybe one time no it's it's, no it's like five or six it's happened a lot
1: (laughs) yeah so 10 10 recommend and it just it made my heart really happy
0: i'm not gonna get staples in my arm just so i can go get them to remove it i'm okay but
1: if you have to get them removed i recommend them doing it okay like they were recommending like places to eat because like mom went with me and uh (laughs) We were like, yeah, we're gonna go get lunch after this, and they were like recommending places to eat, and they were like, if you just want to wait, like we can go with you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they were just
1: hungry, right? They were the absolute best. So, who caught your eye?
0: So this is so random. So the other day at work, this guy came in at we close at two. The library closes at two, and he came in at like one forty, and he was like, I gotta print some stuff out. And I didn't really pay attention to him because I was just like, oh, I got so much stuff I got to do to be able to make sure we're on time so we can get out of here. And he was like, I have to print some stuff out. What do I need to do? I was like, uh, you can either send it to this email address. So we can get it on a computer, but the computer said it, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, so then finally he was like, okay, I'll just send it to the email address. Do you mind if I set up my computer right here? I was like, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. And then walked away to go do, to like open the bathrooms and stuff so the, the janitor could get in there and then start walking back up. And I really looked at him and I was like, Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> He was fine. He was all dressed up in a suit and everything. So then I went up there and I was waiting for his stuff to print out. He was like, It's a lot of pages. Can I pay with a card? Yeah, maybe i pay with a card. He was like, Oh, thank goodness. I i work in um, Norfolk and I've got to be at the court. He was a lawyer. He was oh. so hot. Anyway, so I was like, Yeah, no problem. And then so, the, anyway, so eventually he left. And my coworker came up and he goes, he was dressed really nice. Where was he going? I said, he was going to my dreams tonight is where he was going. (laughs) (laughs) So that's who caught my eye this week. The hot lawyer that came into the library.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. I was like, why is he dressed in a suit coming to a library to print off stuff? What is happening? This is weird. But I guess, yeah, if you're a lawyer, like going from one place to another, like you got to do what
0: you got to do. He was super fun. Nice. He's very handsome. So that's who caught my eye this week
1: you didn't even like ask for his number nothing i don't talk to people oh
0: i just oh, look right. at that's them and think you're fine <laughs> well like four or five eyes in it anyways whew, getting a little hot in here whew. okay all right whew, whew.
1: Oh, <laughs> you an owl uh, that's what you were doing so <laughs> i'm just imitating. Okay.
0: our case from february 28th wrongful convictions currently going on so i'm not even gonna give a year because it's still happening (laughs) follow us on twitter and instagram at a date with murder and on facebook at a date with pod bye we were on such a happy note (laughs) we just ruined it again oh well this is your call to action yeah yeah y'all go look at your innocence go look at an innocence project do it do it when you stop listening do it now before you stop listening go look at one okay if there's some way you can help it really is. Yes. It's really sad.
1: It's almost like a feed the children thing. Like somebody wants to help them.
0: Go sign a petition. There's so many online. Go sign a petition. Go find a case, investigate it, and sign a petition. I sign like one every single day, seriously. They send me emails all the time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyways. So
1: <laughs> anyways. Okay. okay. Love you, Missy bye. Love you, miss you, bye. No. Mm.
0: <laughs> y'all should have just seen her face change <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh you talked over me you talked over me i'm older <laughs> respect your elder
1: i'm so i'm so tired
0: okay okay we'll have a nap i
1: forgot you're sold and then fire the missiles it's missiles. Okay, okay, missiles. Let me miss you
0: bye let me miss you bye amen amen can you say that one more time you broke up you don't tell me I just, I actually just asked like super nicely. Next <laughs> time I am just going to tell you.
1: Think you really did. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like,
0: literally my nicest voice I felt like I was talking to Riley. Please, please <laughs> throw your dishes in the sink. Thank you.
1: I'm so sorry. Okay. And the photo arrangement. Arrangement? Array? Array? What?
0: Both are correct. Either is fine. Okay.
1: I didn't like array. It looked weird. <laughs> That's I, don't like it. I don't like the I don't like the
0: Alright, so like, like, screw you, bitch.
1: I don't like the way it's spelled. Okay. His conviction was a verb of I'm so sorry. I love the way at it. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you defeat me? His conviction. <laughs> no when it's me that's made the mistake, but okay. <laughs>